0: Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast. Jesus said, if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. But many people wonder, how can I be free from things I've struggled with all my life? Anger, impurity, anxiety, depression, fear, gluttony, and so on. Well today, Eric Hurt and Mike Cleveland study passage of Scripture that will help you enjoy the freedom that Jesus died to give you.
1: Okay, greetings everyone. This is Mike Cleveland, and today I get the privilege and honor of being with two of my good brothers, whom I love dearly, and we have Eric Kurt and Bill Miller, and we're coming to you today from different parts of the country, and, and we just are here to share in the the joy of the gospel of Jesus Christ.
2: And so, uh, Bill, how are you doing today? Well, I'm doing great. Uh, I live out here in Oklahoma, and we're dodging uh, tornadoes and floods. But other than that, we're doing great. I hope you dodge them well. I'd like to keep
1: you for a little while longer, if you don't mind. And Eric, how about you?
3: I'm doing great. I'm over here in... uh, Partly sunny today, Arizona, and it is beautiful weather, and I'm doing fantastic. Looking forward to doing this podcast with you and uh, Bill today.
1: Excellent. And I'm here in San Francisco, California, about ready to fly to Shanghai tomorrow. So we're coming to you from all different parts of the country, but we are united in spirit, united at the foot of the cross. Brothers, we are here together as it were, joining arms around the cross wanting to look and see the love of Jesus for us. And uh, so, Bill, why don't you go ahead and take it? I believe you have a passage for us to talk through today.
2: Yeah, let me, let me just read the whole passage. I'm looking at Colossians chapter 4, and uh, beginning at verse 2, and I'll read through verse 6. Uh, Continue earnestly and pray, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile. Praying also for us, that God would open to us a door for the word, to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time, and let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. And as I was reading uh, reading that uh, today, I was thinking about how important it is. That Paul is writing, and he is asking for prayer. He wants to be able to pray or to preach the mystery of Christ. He wants to preach the gospel, even though he's in prison, he's in chains, and he is asking the the folks there at Colossae to pray for me I want those doors open I, I've got a message that I want to share and uh, and he was just in wanting that opportunity for those doors to continue to open for for him and I I think of the same way with setting captive Shri we want those doors to open for the Word of God
1: yeah we actually are so dependent upon the Lord, um, you know, we we have the message. We have the message of God's Word, which is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And yet that message, and I'm not being sacrilegious here, but that message is entirely powerless if the Lord is not opening a heart to hear it. Mm -hmm. And, And so we are dependent upon the Lord. And even as I look back, Bill, on my time of bondage to sin, and, you know, I, I heard, had heard the gospel, but it didn't come to me with power. Uh, there was no taste for it. And when you don't have a taste for it, it it's powerless in your life. And so we have to uh, seek the Lord to go before us to open people's hearts and and to uh, have them experience the power of the of the cross, right? Yes.
3: Yeah, absolutely, and that's why we don't need to go running around kicking doors open. We pray that doors will open, and the Lord will always give us an opportunity, uh, as as we've seen in our own lives, as we've prayed and asked the Lord and sought Him with thanksgiving, uh, that the Lord would open a door, and He does. Uh, sometimes it's uh, open for quite a while where we can share the cross with others. And lift up the name of Jesus, so that their hearts might be cut, and they might believe, and be healed, uh, and you know, be be free from their uh, the uh, the grip of sin and slavery, and death. And other times, you know, the door opens and it shuts right away. And I remember I used to get so frustrated that the door would shut so so quickly. But it was just as the Lord had ordained it. He opened it and he closed it, and that's it. And so we just trust, uh, not in ourselves, uh, but that was an opportunity that the Lord gave us, and we need to lift up the cross uh, when that opportunity arises.
1: We we look here in verse 3, and the reason Paul's praying is that he wants the door to be open, but he says, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Hmm. Christ. Um, Bill, why is this a mystery? Why is Christ a mystery?
2: Well, you know, as I I think about that, uh, as a non-Christian, when I thought about Christ, I had no thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it, it was like a mystery, you know? I mean, what's the big deal? I did not comprehend at all who Christ was and what he did. I mean I I went to church when I was a a little kid to, and to the best of my recollection I never heard the gospel. I heard a lot of Bible stories and and in that sense the, Christ was a mystery. I mean they talked about him but there was there was no it did not affect me. And Paul is saying the mystery is the power of the cross. It does something in the heart of a person when we understand what Christ has done there at the cross. And, uh, and for the non-Christian, that is a mystery. How can that? I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. And yet, when we speak and declare what that mystery is, what Christ did at the cross, as he died and suffered for and taking upon himself all of our sins, which I cannot comprehend, but I know it's true because he said it. he did that. And to be able to say that he experienced an eternity of God's wrath towards sin and that judgment, uh, I'm counted as free. I'm counted as righteous because Jesus took all of that sin and unrighteousness, my impurities, upon himself. You know, as we, we try to think about that in some kind of a logical way, it, we, can't, we don't comprehend it. We can't comprehend it apart from the Holy Spirit opening our eyes and we say, ah, that's it. I get it now. I get it.
1: Yeah, you know, um, if you if you think about it this way, a man hanging on a cross is going to set me free from uh, the sin that I absolutely love, uh, to, that my heart craves, that my body cries out for. A man hanging on a cross, and yet that belies betrays a misunderstanding that when Jesus hung on the cross, He took my sin away from me. He, God took it off of me and put it on his son. And I think of those listening right now, and and, and maybe they're saying, yeah, the, the gospel, I can understand it in my head, but it hasn't affected my heart or made a real change in me. Um, and And so it still in some ways remains that mystery like you're talking about, Bill. Another thing I think about this mystery is that in the Old Testament, it was obscured. The message of Christ crucified was hidden in story form, like a mystery. Uh, for example, um, Samson is walking along the road and a lion comes out and he kills the lion with his bare hands. Uh, he goes down into the town. He comes back and there is a honey coming out of the carcass of the lion. And you, you read that and you go, okay, what's the moral of the story here? Um, But if you know the mystery of Christ, you understand that the lion of the tribe of Judah was put to death, and out of his death comes the sweetness of forgiveness for you, the sweetness of reconciliation with the Father. Um, And so you begin to feed on that honey that has come from the, the lion who was killed. And it becomes, it ta- there's a taste to it, mm-hmm. a spiritual taste that comes now with power. And as you feed on that sweetness of of the, the lion who died, oh, you become transformed as it did to Jonathan. It opened his eyes. And uh, this is what happens to us as well. Right, Eric?
3: Yeah, that's absolutely right. You know, there is, this mystery is, just incredible to think about. Um, like Bill was saying, um, we, we didn't know uh, exactly what we understood it in our heads, uh, but we couldn't comprehend it because it didn't open up our hearts. It didn't cut our hearts. And to walk around in slavery for so such a long time uh, with a mind that's clouded and not transformed and stuck, uh, as it were, in a rut, um, stuck, uh, chasing after that which consumes uh, consumes us um, and controls us. Uh, and But once we taste Christ, once we see this cross and see him taking our sin and placing it upon himself and clothing us in his righteousness and setting us free and lifting us out of the pit and cutting our chains. I mean, it is the sweetest life that one could live. It is just remarkable to be free It's, I mean, it's it's almost. uh, I always say this, but it's almost unbelievable, because it's so tremendous. Every aspect of your life changes. It may seem like maybe only one part of your life is changing, which is fine. That's fine. Your desires are changing in one area, but get ready because all other areas are going to follow. Your marriage is going to get better. Uh, Your desires are going to continue to change. Uh, You're going to start hating the things that God that God hated and put his son to death for. And he's going to continue to pour into your heart the love that you'd never known, a love that you'd never experienced. Um, And it is, you know, when we're in sin and bondage, it feels exactly now I've never been to prison um, personally, uh, but, but it feels like I've been in prison my whole life. And it feels like I've been set free, just like Jesus said. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed, so yeah it is it's very sweet uh, and um, the benefits uh, of, of of this sweetness um, just at least in one area or a couple of areas is I, I get to love brothers like Mike and bill and and I get to love my wife like i 've never thought I could um, and a marriage that goes from zero marriage to dynamic marriage and this is what the cross does uh it completely changes your entire life your your entire thinking uh your entire way <laughs> it's,
1: it changes it in in uh, powerful ways um you guys as we're, as we're talking together here look at verse three and and tell me from this verse how you can see that Paul's life was changed. What do we see in verse three that show us that Paul was willing to do anything uh, for this mystery of Christ? Where do you see that?
3: Well, that he's he's in prison. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't matter where he goes. It doesn't matter what they do to him. You can lock me up. You can chain me up. But even when you chain me up, I'm still free. <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, because I was chained up by sin. And this, these little wimpy chains that you've got on me now in this little prison is nothing in co- comparatively speaking to what I have uh, been through prior to Christ setting us free. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's uh, just incredible. And I hope to be like that when I'm uh, you know, put in prison or whatever the case may be that I want to speak the cross and christ crucified uh, christ crucified and raised on the third day uh in, to my last
0: breath
2: <laughs> and that's what he's doing there in verse four he says that i may make it manifest you know he wants to explain the mystery away so that you understand it it's no longer a mystery jesus did die <laughs> Did raise from the grave you know he did ascend into heaven he is now interceding for us uh, uh, and in one sense that mystery is explained and Paul and that's what Paul wants to do I want to explain this for you I want you to understand it and uh, and in that freedom you know as Eric was saying you know these wimpy chains that they're not keeping this message found at all, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you about it. And, uh, and, and we read other places too, where Paul says, man, the whole Roman guard is now believing, you know, <laughs> chain him up, you know, <laughs> I'm going to explain a mystery to him. <laughs> I love that.
3: Amen. Love
2: the fact that while
1: we can be in chains, the word of God can never be chained. Amen and we can be experienced freedom even if we are in chains and in prison you know i think of of you bill and eric and i in prison and what would we be doing we would be singing hallelujah what a savior that's right (laughs) and bill would be leading us yes (laughs) and i would love to be there with you i really would because there's no joy in the world like worshiping with brothers in the lord
3: and this just goes to show that when your heart is set free, nothing can bring you back into captivity. Um, not, not chains, not a prison, not iron bars. You know, once your heart is free, you are free indeed. And it is just incredible. And I love how you said it, Bill the, and Mike, the word of God is not chained.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. Why do you think that he wrote verses five and six, which is to be wise in the way you act toward outsiders, make the most of every opportunity, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. What is his aim, his goal here in telling us to be gracious and gentle with people? Why is why is that important?
3: It just seems like, he is saying, do whatever it takes as you're walking in the Spirit's power. Do whatever it takes uh, to be humble and gentle and ready to share the cross, to share this gospel with anybody that you may come in contact with at any season of life, at any moment. Uh, be ready and be gracious. Uh, let your speech be great, gracious so as to win people over. Uh, you know, and and to show the love of Christ that has flowed from the cross into your life. And and if it's flowing out from the cross into your life, then it's flowing out from you into others' lives. And so this is what I see here. We're, we're going to make uh, the best of our time. Uh, we're going to make the best of our speech. Uh, we're going to be gracious because the most gracious thing has ever been poured out to us when when Jesus came to set us free, when God sent His Son at just the right time, you talk about gracious, you talk about mercy, and so we need to show and be like minded so that we know how to answer each person
2: and i 'm thinking too it's, you, know, you, you to do this with those that are on the outside. It's not like, hey, I'm in this exclusive club, and, and we're all going to just stay together, and we're just going to keep our marbles together, and we're just going to just <laughs> be with one another and fooey with those guys outside there. And, you know, Paul, you know, it's completely opposite. I want those guys on the outside to come on in, you know, and we want, you know, our doors need to be open uh, to the non christian in a way that we speak with grace. We, we uh, season our, our speech with salt. You know, I, I get the idea of, you know, to make them thirsty, you know, for Christ. And, uh, uh, you know, and so we, we need to walk in such a way that we have a good reputation. That those are good people. I might not believe what they believe, but they're good people. And we have that kind of a reputation so that when they do ask questions, we say, yeah, you know, Jesus talked about that. Or that's, I, we, if you t- look, look right here, what Jesus did for that. You know, I can have victory over that besetting sin through Christ. Why? Well, he died for it. It's been paid for. I don't have to live under the burden and the guilt and the shame of that sin anymore. Jesus took care of it. And, and I think the more we let those on the outside see there's hope, uh, we are definitely redeeming the time.
1: <laughs> I, I see it too as, and and Bill, I'm, I love what you just said there. Um, but Uh, I see it like this, too. He's he's saying, pray that God would open a door for our message. And yet, if I'm offensive in my behavior, I'm shutting the door before it was ever opened. Mm. Because I'm not displaying this amazing grace, gentleness, love that God displayed when he sent his son to die for me. And so I, I don't want to have my life be incongruous with the message that I'm saying. Um, Jesus loved us and gave himself for us. Therefore, I should love you and give myself for you to be an illustration of the cross, not to be a det- det- uh, detraction from it. So, I, you know, we're praying for God to open a door, and so let's not, with our lives, shut the door.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, I, I've, I've met those Christians. <laughs> I used to be that I used to be one of them right. <laughs> I made me, in you the mirror. so obnoxious <laughs> that you actually turn people away you know in my uh, form of uh, evangelism uh, you know and then you're politely asked to leave And
3: uh, <laughs> yeah and this is the importance of always looking to the cross ourselves and never taking our eyes off of it because yeah. this is what keeps us stable uh, and focused uh and you know to where we're constantly humbled ourselves you know because we see that that god gave up everything and you know jesus became nothing and and so this looking at the cross ourselves uh keeps us from um becoming um as if we're better than everybody else which we're absolutely not and we never want to have that attitude. We always want to be gracious and we always uh, want to be humble because that's exactly what we see uh, when we look at the cross. We see love and humility and uh, mercy and uh, just on and on and on we go when we look there. And so this absolutely keeps us stable and humble and gracious.
1: I want to bring in a a verse from the Old Testament because we're talking about letting your conversation be, um, you know, full of grace. And so David writes in Psalm 45, he said, My heart is stirred by a noble theme. As I recite my verses for the king, my tongue is the pen of a skillful writer. So we might say, David, what noble theme is stirring up your heart? And he goes on to say, you are the most excellent of men, and your lips have been anointed with grace. Um, and so we're talking about having our conversation be, be full of grace. And so we're looking at Jesus here. His lips were full of grace, and there's no place that you see this better than at the cross. You know, when he, he prayed for the forgiveness of those who were crucifying him. Mm -hmm. Um, he invited a thief into paradise Um, his lips were anointed with grace he he goes on to describe um, your throne oh god will last forever and ever and so this most excellent of men is called god on the throne so this god man is full of grace and truth and as you look at the cross, you see these things displayed in 3D color. And Eric, as you said, that's why we focus on the cross, because, brother, I'm not going to be angry with you and speak sharply with you if I've just received these <laughs> lips that were anointed with grace, this, this loving speech from Jesus on the cross where he says, Mike, I forgive you. No, go and sin no more. You're not condemned. Um, and so, you know, we're looking at the cross here and, and learning how to live our lives by that. Now, what do you guys think?
3: I say, amen. And <laughs> abs- absolutely. That's exactly right. Um, okay. we have been forgiven much, uh, and for many years of sin piled up and yet not counted against us because the debt was canceled in Christ's flesh. And, you know, so looking there and seeing these things, uh, it is, would be impossible, I would think, <laughs> to not be gracious to others, because we have received so much love there. We have received so much forgiveness ourselves there. And to look at somebody else and think, well, no, nah, you know, I just don't think I can forgive them. That is totally contrary to what Jesus did for us on the cross. I mean, he laid it all out and emptied himself. The King of kings and Lord of lords became nothing, brothers, for us. Became sin for us. Clothed himself in it. It's just remarkable to think about that he would clothe himself in sin and then impart righteousness to us, I mean, incredible, incredible. I, I hope to never <laughs> lose sight of that so that my speech can be, as Paul said here, gracious, uh, seasoned, so that I know how to answer other people.
2: And I'm thinking, too, you know, when uh, you know Mike mentioned the, that Jesus' lips were gracious, Sometimes those lips stayed closed and said nothing. You know, when Jesus was experiencing the false accusations and the, and the mocking and the, uh, the, the beating and the carrying of the cross and uh, being laid down on the cross, and uh, he said nothing. He was silent. And it, it mentions, you know, how like a lamb to the slaughter. You know, he's, he, he was silent and sometimes gracious speech is no speech at all. <laughs> and, uh, I, I'm, I'm still learning that one. Uh, you know, sometimes <laughs> I speak and I should have said nothing. And, uh, uh, but, but our, our speech needs to be with grace. And even at times when we need to be silent. We need to be silent in grace as well.
1: Well, I want to make an appeal to the listener right now. Um, David said, my heart is stirred by a noble theme. Um, This was more than information to him. Uh, This affected his heart, his center of feeling, emotion, his center of loves and passions and desires. If, if you can look with me at the cross for a minute and see the love of Jesus, you will never be the same. It will stir your heart. It won't just affect your mind. It'll stir much deeper in you than that. And if you can see the cross where Jesus laid down his life for you, where he took the penalty of your sin upon himself and died your death, if you can see that he loved you unto his last breath, let it stir your heart. Let it, uh, let it cut you. Let it hurt you. Let it wound you. And, and then keep looking. Just keep looking at the cross and let it heal you. Um, and, and if you do that, your heart is going to be stirred. With this noble theme of the God-man, Jesus Christ, who suffered so very much for you. Um, Let that just put a dagger in your sin. Right? In other words, Jesus had a, a dagger put in his heart. Let that put a dagger in your sin, because that's why he died, was because of your sin and my sin. And so... Uh, I encourage you right now, if you have seen today that there's a mystery of Christ and it's been a mystery for you in the past, but you've seen that maybe God wants to expand that mystery for you. He wants to make it clear to you so that you have the power of it, the taste for it. Um, and, And so Bill, you started out Today, with Colossians four, I love studying this passage with you guys. Um, I got so much out of it. I love being able to ask you guys questions. I feel like I'm uh, just a kid in a candy store being able to ask these questions and, and hear your answers. Um, but Bill, why don't you go ahead and finish us today and um, uh, you know, pray for the re- the, sorry, the uh, hearer, if you would, and, and um, ask that God would make the mystery of Christ plain to them.
2: Yes, let's do that. Let's pray, the Heavenly Father. We do thank you for Jesus, and Father, that for all of us, He was a mystery. We did not comprehend oh, who He was, uh, why, why He's why. We, we were just kind of dumbfounded and uh, and actually ignorant of what Christ has done for us. And yet, by your grace and your mercy, uh, someone shared uh, this good news with us that Christ went to the cross to die for sin. And not just sin in general, but sin in particular. My sin, your sin. And Father, that help each one of us to understand that mystery, so that it's no longer a mystery to me, but that I know Christ and him crucified, and that I am able to rest in the thought that all of my sins have been carried to the cross, that the judgment has been paid in full, and Lord, that there is nothing left to accuse me or to accuse those that are listening. We have been set free forever by what Christ did at the cross. And Lord, I pray that you would give us wisdom in our walk with you. That people would see Christ in us, that even though we are still in our fleshly bodies that want to sin, We turn our hearts and our minds to the cross and that we find our freedom there. It has been purchased and we are no longer under bondage. But Lord, that with joy that we can speak and make known what was a mystery is now plain to us. We know God. We know Jesus personally. And Father, I just pray and ask that you would help each one of us to to have that joy and that uh, we would be able to express that joy to those that are around us and that they would see that we have been with Jesus. And we just thank you for this opportunity to be together uh, uh, today as we look at your word. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen.
0: This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.